It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to your Wednesday afternoon. We've just gone midday. We've had a great day here on SCNZ with... Um, I was going to say Izzy and Kempe, but I don't think Izzy was there this morning. Kempe and Louis taking you through the breakfast show and, of course, the wonderful Ian Smith. 9 to 12 every day. Um, looking forward to spending the next three hours. Don't forget, running it straight with Sammy Hewitt and Tony Kempe. were both at the Warriors launch last evening, so they'll have some tales from there as well. Um, coming up today, uh, Molly Sparks, Kiwi Adventure Racer, very good friend of the show. Uh, She won the tandem event at the Coast to Coast in her first effort. Incredible. She's 19, remember, and she's starting in God's Own tomorrow. Dean Lonergan, boxing promoter. How does he put a fight card together? How does he promote a world championship event like he's going to? So um, very much looking forward to talking to Dino just after two. Um, I've got a little bit of a concern for Molly Sparks, actually, because the God's Own starts in Tiano tomorrow. And it's just a story has just come out. But there's been a mass rescue, uh, bad weather and flooding, flooding in Otago. There's an ultra marathon event going on down there. Mass rescue, six people are in hospital, 110 athletes trapped by the bad weather and floodwaters near Arrowtown overnight. Uh, it's a seven-day ultra marathon. Got to be a little bit crazy to do that, but you don't buy into having to get rescued. Um, 90 people are still in the area at the moment. Uh, the athletes are taking part in the Southern Lakes Ultra Marathon, which is a 250k race that started last Friday and is running six stages over the week. Six people are in hospital with hypothermia after being rescued from floodwaters in the Macetown area. Um, they're in a stable condition. Sorry, this has just come out, this news, so I'm just trying to bring it to you. Uh, they're fine, there's nothing wrong with them. They were just cold and they had been up there a long time 24 hours. So um, doesn't sound like it's going to get worse, but geez, having so many stranded, mass evacuation or mass rescue event. Gosh, we're having our share of those at the moment, aren't we? And as always at the top of the show, I do send out my thoughts to those who are still in Operation Cleanup Mode, and I'm saddened to see that they're predicting a lot of weather for Hawke's Bay and Gisborne again this weekend with 48 hours of rain commencing, I think, tomorrow midday until Saturday. So... Boy, oh boy. Um, It's with a heavy heart. I just keep sending you out my thoughts and condolences, and um, I hope you're getting through. And if you're listening into us uh, us here at SCNZ, and I know listeners right around the country are all um, thinking of all of you people. Now, Ian Foster's taken it upon himself to come out and have a few words, I think in a little bit of his defence, but also in a little bit to air his frustration, and I say good on him. Um, I always default to the person first and what their job second and he's been very quickly judged and he's been um, lambasted long, wide and far by media and by public alike and I actually thought it was quite refreshing that he came out and aired a little bit of his frustration. Um, He's done a couple of radio interviews, he's done um, a a quite wide-ranging chat in the paper as well. Um, so if I, we're just going to play you a few little bits of, of some of the things he was asked. The first thing he was asked, are you going to reapply for the All Blacks job? I you keep getting asked about it, well, am I going to apply and apply? And I kind of think, well, that's not really the big question for me. The big question is what's the best thing for the All Blacks in 2023? And for me, the team comes first and I want to express that view. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Um, he also mentioned he thinks it's unlikely he'll be in the job next year. To me, it's becoming about individuals. It's becoming about what suits people regarding timing. And and quite frankly, I don't know that going early or late is going to suit me either way. I think it's pretty highly unlikely that I, that, that I will be in this job next year. Heck of a way to operate in your current job knowing there's a finish line, regardless of what you're going to do. And I sense that frustration. So given that he thinks that he's not going to be in the job next year, who does he think will replace him? Well, look, I'm pretty sure they've got a clear clear idea. And, um, <clears throat> you 
know, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's up to them to to voice that. But there's been, it, it does seem to be reasonably obvious. I thought there was an interview with a with a coach last week that made it look like there was already plans in place to go early, <clears throat> and that was frustrating to hear that from a, from another voice. And and so for me, it's like, well, it's. You know, I don't think I want people to know that this is not a a process that I am holding up because of my silence, or I'm holding up because people don't know, want to know what I want to do. This mm. is this is about what's right for the team. And like I said, it's either way, it feels like there's a little bit of a mood for change, and I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that this All Black team we've got a big prize to win at the end of the year, and we know that the expectations of our public. We know the pressure on that's going to come on this year and and we want everyone to get in behind us <clears throat> and we want to unify this country behind a team in, in black. And so for me, I'd rather we were talking about that in 2023. So I guess the, the following obvious question is why has he decided to speak out now? I sat back the last few months and, and listened to the conversation bouncing around in the public demeanour about this role and and the job and when's the right time to do something. And there's a couple of things that probably probably did it for me. One one was John Kerwin's article yesterday or two days ago where he sort of said that, you know, Ian should just get up and say this and this and this. And I actually kind of agreed with him, so I spoke to him and <clears throat> just felt that the New Zealand rugby public deserved to know what I thought of it. And I also believe this is this is becoming more of a debate about who's going to apply than, than what's the right thing for the team. And for me, I know there's going to be some people going to make decisions. I respect that, and I respect whatever decisions made. But I, I, I owe it. I believe I owe it to, to our team to say what I felt was the right thing for the All Blacks in a World Cup year. Yep, and thanks to ZB for that audio. Um... Uh, the overarching thing there is he wants what's best for the team and he wants what's best for the country. And I 100% believe he, he's not just saying that. And I also 100% believe he's not doing it just to get New Zealand on side. Yes, he wants New Zealand on side. It's a massive year for rugby in New Zealand. It's the Rugby World Cup. And I get the feeling he's just sick of it, all of the speculation. Um, just wants a little bit of clarity. What do you think? 0800 150 811. That's our midday madness today. Let's get on to the calls. Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto, let's go to the lines. Mikey and Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Staffy. Um, quite a bit, isn't there? Um, mm. I'll try and rattle them off and get through it semi-coherently. Look, at the end of the day, let's accept what... Well, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't been a golden age for All Black Rugby. The performances have been poor compared to what was expected to. But let's be clear, the NZR have created this problem. Mm. Um, Fozzie had a two-year contract. Eight, uh, about six months before the end of that, maybe four months, they renewed it without, um, before he went on that northern tour. So again, they've, all of a sudden, they dug a hole and they put Fozzie into it. Um, because because that tour itself was pretty poor. Um, the NZR then stuffed up massively with that South African rugby debacle. Um, if he'd lost, apparently Razor was in. Then they scrambled because he won, so he was back out again. And I'm sure it was supposed to be all quiet, but now it's pretty much in the public domain, that one now. Um, if, you're, if you're the coach of the All Blacks, so Fozzie, of course you want to stay. I mean, players always say they can back themselves and turn it around. And coaches would as well. So I do not blame them for that. Um, it's not Fozzie's fault or even Razor's fault for the NZR wall of silence. Like, they're the ones who are doing all the talking. NZR, as per usual, doing nothing. And now they're stuck between supporting the status quo and the very seemingly vast public opinion of having another coach in there. Um, so again, go back to NZR have created this problem. So I do feel for Fozzie, I feel for Razor, and I worry about what's coming on. And another question just uh, before I finish my little tirade <laughs> is they, why will not NZR or anyone higher up speak to SENZ? 
I went down to NZR this morning and neither Mark Robinson or his PA were in the building. So I've sent off a message to the head of comms. Um, he's replied and he said, just a bit busy at the moment, I'll get right back to you. So that was at 11 o'clock. So maybe I've asked for Mark Robinson to come on the show today. So we'll keep a holding pattern, see if we can um, have a chat to him. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, so it's not through lack of trying, mate. It's not through lack of trying. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do. I feel for Ian Foster, the person. Um, he's the... Yeah. He's the probably the victim in all of this. I know the rugby fans are as well, and the performance wins are up to standard, but I keep continually thinking back to when you talk to high-performing coaches and high-performing athletes, and particularly in America, which have so much more access and they're much better storytellers. Mike Ditka and, and Bill Belichick, they all say they learn more from losses than you do wins, and I think that's widely accepted. So I'm prepared to give Ian Foster a go this year. It's not going to change by the World Cup, but all of this, I was going to say he said, she said, it's all the no one saying anything that's just creating speculation. And I hate speculation, and the public hates speculation. We just want to know what's going on, and so does Ian Foster. Yeah, I, look, I couldn't agree with you more. I do feel for him. Look, he's, you know, I've said it a million times. He's not the right coach for the job, but, hey, he is in charge for the World Cup, so I'm going to back him all the way and let's hope they can turn it around. Um, but on the other side of it, you know, I can understand why Razor's trying to push the NZRU because he's been stuffed around massively as well. Yes. In fact, we've all been stuffed around. Everyone's been stuffed around. The only ones who haven't been stuffed around, NZRU, sitting there in their ivory tower right next to you. So I guess you're in an ivory tower? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the ivory corridor. <laughs> ivory corridor. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you've got a million calls, so thanks, mate. Thank Cheers, you. Mikey. Good chatting, mate. Yeah, all really right. interested in all of your thoughts out there. 0800 150 I just, I don't want to hang anyone out to dry. I just want some dialogue, some understanding where people are at. If we do get Mark Robinson on, um, I'd love to know what their process is and why they don't tell us their process. Why don't they tell us that, um, yep, we're talking to Scott Robertson, we're talking to Michael Checker, um, we're talking to, God, David, whoever it is. We're talking to Wayne Smith, We're talk whoever it is. And Ian Foster's going to get an interview. Um, we're going to do a first round of interviews. We have a couple of interests from overseas coaches who have asked us not to name them, so out of respect we won't. Our plan is in April we'll conduct our first round of interviews. Maybe in May we'll look at some presentations and a decision will be made in June. And the reason we're doing it in June is X, Y, Z. Give us reason, give us rationale, just give us some intel. Give us a yell, 0800 150 811. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Graham, uh, the great Tony Farm man, and you. Get when you call. Welcome back in. Just gone 20 past 12. Talking to Graham. G'day, Graham. G'day, mate. How are you? Very good, uh, Graham. I, I, I heard the interview. I was listening, and um, I agree with what Ian Foster's. I can understand how he's feeling and what he was trying to say, but I think he used the wrong forum. I think what he should have done is um, kicked Mark Robinson's door and, and told him all of this. If he, you know, and I don't think he already has. Just the way that the tone of his voice was, he hasn't spoken to anybody. Mm. And that, and in, in, in the way that he he had done the interview with Hosk and with Gregor Paul, because he said the same thing to Gregor Paul. So I think he's, you know, if he hasn't already, you know, he, he's gone about it the wrong way. Well, maybe he's tried to get an audience with him and it hasn't got, and he's hit the frustration. He was a frustrated man. Yeah, he was, mate. You could tell that in his voice. But if he hasn't, well, if he has, if he has kicked his door in and he hasn't got, you know, uh, uh, an answer, well, then then he's quite within his rights to do what he did. But it doesn't sound like he had. You just, you know, just reading between the lines, you know. And he referenced Razor, and I agree with Mikey. You know, you, you can't blame him. You can't blame Fozzie or even Jamie Joseph, you know, that they probably all want to know what the hell's going on so they can make decisions on their lives. Because mm. there's, there's a lot already, you know, but people are talking about Leon McDonald talking to Scotland. I doubt that, um, just knowing a few things. But, you know, good luck to him if he does. But, you know, if Japan bloody makes the quarterfinals of the World Cup, Jamie Joseph's going to get offered $3 million a year to stay. You guarantee it. And he would. Why wouldn't you? Mm. Unless he wants to 
you know, coach the All Blacks. But, yeah, I just think he went, it's probably gone around it the wrong way. I feel for him. I don't, I don't, he's not my preferred coach. I've said that on this many a times on this razor would be. I'd be happy with Jamie. And Mikey's right. He's, he's got a pretty bad track record. So, but he is frustrated and I feel for him. But like I've said before, a professional sports performance based and at the moment he's not performing. But, you know, the, all, all those guys I've just met, well, Razor and Fozzie, have probably got, um, probably got rights to a bloody an employment um, dispute, to be fair, because if, if Razor was offered a contract and then they pulled it from him, like, you're just thinking, what the hell's going on here? What sort of mugs am I dealing with here, you know? <laughs> and, and because it's out in the public, everyone's talking about it publicly, what's, what's supposedly going on, so is Ian Foster. Because <laughs> you know? they've, they've backed him. Yeah, it's, it's, a mess, uh, mate. it's sad, eh? It's a bloody mess, mate. Oh, it is, and it, it is an employee-employer issue. But again, the only people that don't speak in New Zealand rugby, again, again, yeah, and that's frustrating for us as the people who are paying their wages. That's it. And they keep they keep forgetting that, eh? We pay their wages, man. So they're no different to for bloody MPs, mate. You know, you're there to represent us, so do your job, and we want to know what's going on. Mm. So tell us. Mm, that's it. That's all we want. That's yeah, all we want. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Okay, man. Thanks very much. Take it easy, brother. Good on you, Graham. Good, good to chat, mate. Go well. Um, Ed. G'day, Ed. Hey, Steffi. So, old Ian Foster, he's done a lot of firsts. He's, uh, you know, first series lost to Ireland, uh, first uh, lost to Argentina and New Zealand, and the first to uh, go to the media about his job. But, Steph, I really want to talk about, um, we just, uh, I just went to a funeral for a gentleman who um, was thought of East Tumbiki Rugby Club. Oh. Life, life member yeah. passed away. Oh. Yeah. So we uh, sent him away up to uh, Ruatoria to be with his, uh, his wife. Yeah, and um, they just had their 60th uh, Jubilee this year. Oh, last year, sorry. Wow. A store... Eric, Eric Rush came down, did all the speeches. I had a game of rugby for the um, president, so Peter Alatini and them. Just want to say a mihi to him for his uh, long service to the rugby game of rugby, and all the young fellas that came up under him for East Hamaki. What was his name, Ed? Norman Welsh. Norman Welsh, yes. Um, people like Norman Welsh. That's who clubs are built on, isn't it? Just incredible servants. Yeah, at least good 30, 30 over thirty years. Yeah. Oh, well, sad day. Sad day for, for yeah. him and his whanau. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. A uh, big mihi to all of the uh, all of the Welsh whanau and everyone that's uh, saddened by that. So, uh, But no doubt you'll give him a good send-off, uh, Ed. Oh, yeah, no, nah, he's having a good send-off. He's on his way home now. That's the spirit, mate. All good. Good on you, mate. That's Ed. Just like that. Just gone. Um, it's hard to wrap my head around... Um, Ian Foster's come out and spoken because he felt he needed to because he's all the speculation. And one of the things he said was, I just wanted the public to know that my silence on this isn't me agreeing with it or me disagreeing with it. I just wanted to say where I'm standing. It's an employee-employer type situation. He's frustrated. So if you can put aside his coaching record and as Ed just pointed out, the loss to the Irish, um, pretty disappointing year, uh, albeit... um, a reasonable end-of-year tour, I guess you could say. Uh, but that draw, that last-minute draw with England wasn't great as well. But even given all of that, and he probably knew he was out. I remember Scott Robertson in a press conference the other day said he was 10 days away from coaching a test match. So he had he had a contract in front of him to take over from Ian Foster, but then the All Blacks beat South Africa. What a shambles that is. And then they were forced to keep him in the job. Um, Ian Foster, the person, I do feel for him. Um, it's just, it's been a real hard road for him. Um, and I think it was born on frustration. Will he look back in a week or two and say, maybe I shouldn't have get out, gone out publicly, perhaps? But we all do things when we're frustrated, and maybe that's um, guided his way to, to do that today. Anyway, 0800 150 We'll talk to Darren over there in Melbourne. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi, how are you? Good, thanks, Darren. Mate, mate this is just embarrassing. Mm. 
it's um like it's it's from the top down. I don't blame Foster or any of the coaches. I really feel for him. But Mark Robertson's got to have, take a good look at himself. And if he doesn't sort this out, I, I think we should be asking is he the right man for the job? Not 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 talking about the coaches. Talking about the guys above him. Yeah, there's just something fundamentally lacking, I think, in transparency and messaging and communication, all of that thing. All, and, and they just don't speak. Now, I'm not saying their decision-making's flawed, but we just don't know what it is. And I think we are somewhat entitled to hear from New Zealand rugby with what's going on, but it's just we're, we're, we're bombarded with silence. Well, why aren't they fronting up? Like Ian Foster's having to front up and Scott Robertson, who I think is handling it like a gem, especially with that bullet comment. Jeez, I nearly wet my pants when he said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just thought, I hope he becomes all-black coach one day because Eddie Jones is going to have his work cut out for him against Scott Robertson. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be um, tremendous. Just a, quick, just a quick one, Staffy. In your honest opinion, where do you think we're going to finish in the World Cup this year? Uh, I think we'll be doing well to play the third and fourth playoff game. Yep, okay. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, I think we're going to really struggle in the quarterfinal if we've got South Africa or Ireland. Yes, so. I do too. I do too, particularly Ireland. I think, geez, if Ireland can keep that momentum going, and I think they've I think they've got the best coach in the world, and Andy Farrell, what, what he's done with teams he's been involved in. He's innovative. He obviously gets buy-in from the players and they play like a just a green machine team. They're a joy to watch. I absolutely love watching Ireland for the rugby. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't wait to watch them this weekend. I mean, that, that France-Ireland game, that was just mouth-watering rugby, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely it was. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yep. I haven't said that about Six Nations for a while. So. I haven't either. I haven't either. You see it glimpses from France, but Ireland just do it week in and week out. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, thanks, mate. Good on you, Darren. Uh, good topic. They're helping you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, buddy. Darren out of Melbourne. Always appreciate calls from across the Tasman. We'll talk to Bruce very shortly. We'll take new sport and weather, and we'll be back. Don't be afraid to give us a yell. 0800 150 Welcome back in. Your reaction to Ian Foster's comments... Um, we go to Bruce in Auckland. G'day, Bruce. Yeah, g'day, mate. Hey, um, so just quickly, first of all, um, I don't think that I don't think that Ian uh, Foster should have been um, selected as the coach. So that's where I stand there. But having said that, like as a person, I think that um, Fozzie's shown a lot of. Um, character and grace in, term, in the way that he's handled all the criticism and all the uncertainty that's come his way. So as a person, I actually rate him, but I just don't think he was the right choice to be the coach. I, I think that basically the horse is bolted and the only way that we're going to put this to bed is that the New Zealand rugby uh, board need to come out and say... Well, such and such is going to be the coach next year. They need to do it sooner rather than later and let all the whatever happens, happens so that they can get on with knowing exactly where they stand and um, basically, you know, like let everyone focus on the rugby. Yeah, look, that's you, the only way I can see through it. Yeah, you've made a really good point. I do think we need to divorce Ian Foster, the coach, and Ian Foster, the person. Um, and I think he's been poorly treated. Um, even if he'd been sacked cleanly, that would have been better than this. Oh, I think you're okay. No, you're not going to be okay. Oh, you've won. You're okay. That that's bad. But yeah, clarity, openness, statements. If you're going to appoint a coach for the World Cup, tell us when you're going to do it. Tell us what your process is. If you're not going to do it till after the World Cup, tell us that as well. Tell us because yeah. we're just left yeah, to yeah. speculate. Yeah, exactly, and that's just going to carry on for the whole season unless they do something. So, I mean, I just think that they need to, if it was me, I'd just I'd go and visit in uh, Foster and just, you know, say, look, we think that we, you know, in 2024, we need to have a new voice, a new direction for the team. Um, we're going to support you to the hilt, 
through to the World Cup, but we believe a new coach is the necessary um, way that we're going to go. Just make it known to him so he, he knows and then come out and actually select it and just basically lance the boil so that there's no more speculation through the air. But, I mean, to me, it's sort of fairly clear. Yeah, even if they say, we're not sure, we've got some candidates in line, we're not sure, but we'll keep you up to date, just tell us that, you know? <laughs> I just, I hate guessing, but that's what we're forced to do with the uh, lack of communication, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, it is a difficult situation. I mean, like, last time, you know, they waited till after the World Cup and they got found out and they lost a lot of um, people that possibly would have been interested. And I, I think I have some degree of sympathy for New Zealand rugby because it's um, there's no perfect um, way of going about this. But the reality is, the commercial reality is that they need to be proactive in getting the right person for the job and like it's yeah so there's no easy sort of way through that mm. so um, I have some degree of sympathy for them but I do like I you know I've, I've been critical of the board over a number of things um, and like it, to me they don't sort of give me a lot of confidence in terms of you know being the um, you know like taking the game forward, you know, over the next sort of five to ten years or whatever. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. Good man, yeah, Bruce. Good comments. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, I can't recall a time when New Zealand rugby public's been so disconnected from the game as, as what's unfolded in the last week. Uh, sorry, the last couple of years, um, particularly last year. And it's... It's not that New Zealand rugby aren't making decisions but they don't involve us in not the decision-making, but their process. And again, we're just left to speculate. And I just, would they do things differently? And I always remember a conversation I had with someone from the board in New Zealand rugby, and I said, geez, you guys, was in the midst of we'd just been beaten by Ireland and you guys were ringing us and we were reporting and every media outlet's reporting this as a travesty. I said, geez, you guys must be doing it hard. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, just with the the... the conjecture that's turning into vitriol out there and all that and they said oh hadn't noticed that and I'm like are you under a rock and I looked at them and I said are you serious and they said what's the issue I said you just lost to Ireland and the public want answers and they're not hearing anything they said oh Ireland are a good side and I'm like oh my god <laughs> it's um it's bizarre it really is bizarre Keen to get your thoughts, though. 0800 150 811 is our phone number. Uh, lines will stay up until at least 1 o'clock. Really keen to hear your thoughts. I am conscious that uh, the Rural Roundup is playing to um, most of our frequencies except for the main centres, so we probably keep the lines open a little bit after 1 uh, to let those people who have just tuned in. We might even play those cuts of um, Ian Foster's interview again after the news at one to reintroduce all of those folk who are listening to the great rural show with Andy Thompson at the moment. But keen to get your calls. 0800 150 811. We'll come back after a break. Welcome back in. Welcoming your calls. 0800 150 811. Uh, it's just another story's just come out saying uh, Scott Robertson's keen to coach in France and maybe take their national team one day. <laughs> What a circus. <laughs> what a circus. Hey, um, can I ask you a question? Okay. Would you, ra nah. <laughs> Would you rather... Um, let's hypothetical situation with your job, Steph. So let's just say that your contract ends at the end of 2023, right, as Mark Stafford Afternoon's um, host. Mm. Would you rather your employer tells you right now, hey, Steph, um, we're actually at the end of 23, we're going to move on, and Manai is going to be hosting afternoons. Mm. Um, thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. But, you know, really want, really looking forward to this year. Really want you to do the best you can. And we're hoping that you're going to win a radio award at the end of the year. Or would you rather them saying to you right now, hey, Steph, um, we know your contract ends at the end of 2023. We're just going to hold off on, you know, work, on either re-signing you or announcing somebody else. And we're going to look at it after this, if right at the end of the year, after you've gone through a couple of surveys and potentially won an award and we'll make the decision at the end of the year. Which would you prefer? 
the result is the same, whichever one they chucked at me, you just start looking for another job. Well, but, yeah. um, which would I prefer? Tell me now. I have a suspicion that it's tell me now. Ian Foster's saying, um, we just want to focus on a World Cup. This, he is almost saying this should just wait until after a World Cup. But I almost wonder if he just wants it put to bed as well. Like, just say it now. And yep, it's going to suck you doing a World Cup campaign knowing that you're not going to be there at the next year. But it'll um, motivate him. Isn't it more it of a distraction waiting until afterwards? It probably is. But if he's told, look, if they say in April, Scott Robertson's taking us through and he'll name his assistants in due course, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Ian Foster's been amazing dude, like the World Cup. Ian Foster will be even more desperate to win the World Cup. Yeah. Now, the story that came out last year was that New Zealand rugby, and this was, I don't think it was ever confirmed, but let me know if it's your understanding as well. But the story came out that New Zealand rugby had all but signed Razor mm. until the South African game, and they basically backflipped on their decision. Mm. Now, if that is the case... It pretty much is the case. Well, that is just a monumental cock-up, isn't it? Because that's where all of this stemmed from. They had a chance to pull the trigger, and it pro- and we would be sitting here now probably in a completely different position. But instead, they basically screwed around Razor, because I'm assuming they had conversations with him. They screwed around Ian Foster. And remember, he, he was having to front the board, and the players were having to come out in the media and say they support him. It was just a, an absolute farce. And in my mind, put egg on their face by saying, we totally trust that Ian Foster's the man for the job through to the World Cup. Even now, though on the Thursday before that test match, they'd spoken to Ray said, you're taking over, which was 10 days. No coincidence that Razor said, in 10 days' time, I was going to coach a test match. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Silver Lake, I understand, had two representatives went to South Africa and said, what the hell's going on? Mm. The only reason I can think that they backflipped was there must have been an Ian Foster's contract, a KPI, like um, you've got to win against South Africa or Australia or something, you've got to win two overseas or whatever it was, yeah. and he did it, and they were stuffed, and they went, Shh, we can't get yeah. rid of him now because he won that game, contractually. So, but then my thing is they've put all their eggs into this one bus. So they came out and said, he is the man to take us through the World Cup for 2023. Why doesn't it just end there? Mm. You don't talk to anyone else. You, you commit to your guy through to the World Cup, and then, yes, you deal with the coaching scenario afterwards. And But it's been drawn in because I think Razor made those comments a couple of weeks ago, and then NZR came out and said, oh, did they say April or May? Like, they've come yeah. out and said something, which is just stupid. And in my mind, when we look at we, – we're so hard on coaches, we're so hard on players, we need to be hard on administrators. They've said, he's the guy for the World Cup. We believe he's going to do it. If he doesn't – should they not suffer the same fate as the coach who hasn't achieved what he set out to achieve? Absolutely. They put him in charge. They said he's gonna, he's our guy and he's going to do it, and he hasn't done it. Should they not be held to account? Should they not be, you know, put put in, on, not on trial, that sounds far too mean, but, you know, mm. um, should they not suffer the same repercussions? We're so quick on the coach. Well, look at look at the look at the judgment and the criticism that's been levelled at Gary Stead and Gavin Larson, the selectors, mm. right? Um, the, the football with the mucking around selecting a coach, how much grief Ian Foster gets with players he's not selecting and picking players out of selection. The board and the CEO, they're the selectors of the coach. So they're not without scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem that's in front of New Zealand rugby is Scott Robertson will be putting pressure on them and saying, boys, I need to know because I've got Scotland knocking on my door. He might have France knocking on his door. He might have Yamaha knocking on his door. He's going, boys, um, don't mean to put pressure on you, but I need to know. And so New Zealand rugby's going, go, if we don't pull the trigger and make a decision and the decision's Razor Robertson, we'll potentially lose him. Mm. Um, We're probably pissing off Ian Foster, potentially pissing off Scott Robertson. So let's do nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go into a cave. Former concrete um, specialist, Manai Stewart. Good morning or good afternoon. This will um, be your voice of reason. No, I was just going to say on that uh, on Sam's point before, would you rather just find out now or find out later? I've had that happen to me before, almost mm-hmm. the exact situation. Sure. Oh. Um, getting sacked six months before your contract finishes. Yeah. <laughs> Very demotivating. Mm. Very demotivating. And you had to work out the six months. Had to work out the six months with everybody in the building uh, knowing that you're at, you have to leave in six months. It's very tough to ask someone in that position to do extras. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> to work weekends. I guess the dif- yeah. I guess the difference is this is a career uh, aspirational goal or milestone for. Ian Foster himself to win a World Cup, mm. you know what I mean? So I guess it wouldn't really matter to him that it's not he's not going on for the next year because this is the pinnacle. Yeah, and mm. it's a different game, obviously, like 
this happens a lot in rugby. Like, yeah. there's someone going to be taking over the following year, and you know, so that's sort of a bit of a. But I just think, would that be? Is that the best thing that you need for the All Blacks? You know, he was talking about what's the best thing for the All Blacks. Is it to have a coach who knows he's getting axed? Probably not. No, I think he's spot on with the yeah. comments that he's made. Like, it's been a fast. It's, it's a massive distraction for the All Blacks players. Um, as well as all the coaching staff who don't, and like you know, people like Joe Schmidt and uh, and Jason Ryan. Jason Ryan are probably thinking, "Am I if, if a new coach comes in, am I staying on? Am I go-? you know, like it's it's pretty, yeah, it is it's, sort of it's fast. It's difficult game. and it's hard, but you, that's why the board and and the various people in New Zealand rugby are in those positions to make the hard decisions. Correct, that's and they've shied away. From, it looks like they've shied away from them, yep. and they just keep pushing pause and keep pushing pause. But you, you push pause too long, you won't have Foster, you won't have Robertson, you won't have Rennie, who, whoever else. Mm. Jo- I have it on pretty good authority that Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have chucked their name in. Yeah. Um, heard that in the weekend from someone that knows. Yeah. Um, so his name's in. Yeah. And I said, nah. I said, Japan will pay them truckloads. They want to coach the All Blacks. Oh, of course. So there's that as well. So it is really, really tricky for New Zealand rugby to navigate this. But you must navigate it. Yeah, and um, just as quickly as well, we probably need to address the people out there who are going to say, "Well, they don't. They don't have any obligation. To, they're not government officials and politicians. They got no obligation to let the public know and to let the fans know. Like that's they can do whatever the hell they want. I do get that, but we've also we're also entitled entitled to talk about it and, and like you said, speculate. And mm. that is the damaging thing. And that like Ian Foster clearly reads the newspapers and listens to the media. You know what I mean? So he hears all the conversations, as do probably some of the New Zealand rugby people, except for that board member who had no idea what you were talking about. Mm. Um, so, you know, like you said before, you leave it to speculation, the stories will start to develop, the rumours, the, the narratives, and that is what dam- is what's damaging the New Zealand rugby brand at the moment. They just mm. don't they just don't speak out about it. I mean, why not? And to be honest, why aren't they contacting us? Why isn't Mark Robinson saying, hey, guys, I want to come on and respond to Ian mm. Foster's comments, as mm. opposed to us trying and them saying, oh, we're busy today, so we may not get anyone on for you? It's pretty important. Yeah, you think so? It's pretty important. Um, just had a message from Simon saying, for a guy who played centre for the All Blacks, Mark Robinson is crap at taking a hot pass. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens. This is what happens if you don't come and talk to us and be a little bit more uh, transparent. Um, double eight, double three. if you want to text in. I'm happy to read those texts out. That is the Temper Bear Post text machine. You're on Afternoons with Staffy in association with the good folk at Gull. Economical fuel all year round. Go to gull.nz, set yourself up a notification. They'll text you or email you when it's even cheaper. We'll be back with your text messages after this. To the Temper Bed Post text machine, which is always open for you good folk. Double eight, double three from Ken Staffy Razor saying he wants to coach in France. And their national side. New drama. Yes, Ken, I agree. Uh, Foster doesn't want any distractions for the team, so he goes on <clears throat> the biggest radio show in the country to bemoan his employer and creates a distraction. If he was smart, he would have gone to his employer and told them behind closed doors from Liam. Liam? Maybe he did. Or maybe they won't open the door. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. Um... From Sean, is Scott Robertson the only option to foster? If not, doesn't NZRU hold the cards over Robertson's antics? Absolutely. He is not the only option. He is not. Um, they might spring a surprise, you know. Maybe it is Jamie Joe. Maybe it's Dave Rennie. I don't know. And we don't know because we're not told. Just some clarity. 8833 is the text message number or 0800 We'll keep the phones open after one and we'll reintroduce the subject for the listeners who are joining us from the Rural Roundup. Here's Johnny Mack. Sevens running out of the tunnel at Wellington. Whenever I hear that tune, the concourse empties, the stand fills up. Oh, the glory days of the Wellington Sevens. Some of my most favourite memories, the early days, probably the first 
Seven years I went. Um, it was brilliant. But back in black, we're talking all blacks. Um, welcome into the people who have just joined the Afternoons with Staffy. Thank you for coming in. I hope you enjoyed the Rural Roundup with Andy Thompson as you do each Wednesday, 12 to 1. So for all of the new listeners across the country, what we've been talking about in the first hour is the fact that uh, Ian Foster has come out and made some comment about where he's at, his frustration. I think that's the word that I'm going to say that I hear from Ian Foster, the frustration of the goings-on and probably more importantly the non-goings-on and how he's just as much in the dark as everyone else. So we thought we played some cuts from an interview he did this morning on ZB. So we're going to play you those now for those that have just joined us. Uh, we've got four little clips for you. Uh, just waiting for the thumbs up from Sam that he's good to go. Did you get rid of them, Sam? No, he's got them. He's got them. First one, um, he was asked about if he was going to reapply to be the All Blacks coach. I keep getting asked about it. Well, am I going to apply and apply? And I kind of think, well, that's not really the big question for me. The big question is what's the best thing for the All Blacks in 2023? And for me, the team comes first, and I want to express that view. Secondly, he actually said it's unlikely... He'll be in this job next year. To me, it's becoming about individuals. It's becoming about what suits people regarding timing. And and quite frankly, I don't know that going early or late is going to suit me either way. I think it's pretty highly unlikely that I, that, that I will be in this job next year. So he sounds pretty confident that he's not going to be in the job. So who does he think is going to be the replacement? Oh, look, I'm pretty sure they've got a clear, clear idea, and um, <clears throat> you know, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's up to them to to voice that. But there's been, it, it does seem to be reasonably obvious. I thought there was an interview with a with a coach last week that made it look like there was already plans in place to go early, <clears throat> and that was frustrating to hear that from a, from another voice. And and so for me, it's like, well, it's you know, I don't think I want people to know that this is not a a process that I am holding up because of my silence, or I'm holding up because people don't know want to know what I want to do. This mm. is this is about what's right for the team. And like I said, it's either way, it feels like there's a little bit of a mood for change, and I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that this All Black team we've got a big prize to win at the end of the year, and we know the the expectations of our public. We know the pressure on that's going to come on this year and and we want everyone to get in behind us <clears throat> and we want to unify this country behind a team in, in black. And so for me, I'd rather we were talking about that in 2023. Um, text message from Chris. The next the next clip might address it. He's, he just says, uh, did you know that Super Rugby starts this week? Now we've got the storm in a teacup. Good work, New Zealand Rugby and Foster making it about him. So the question was, why are you speaking out now? I sat back the last few months and, and listened to the conversation, bouncing around in the public demeanour about this role and, and the job and when's the right time to do something. And there's a couple of things that probably probably did it for me. One, one was John Kerwin's article yesterday or two days ago where he sort of said that, you know, Ian should just get up and say this and this and this. And I actually kind of agreed with him, so I spoke to him and <clears throat> just felt that the New Zealand rugby public deserved to know what I thought of it. And I also believe this is this is becoming more of a debate about who's going to apply than, than what's the right thing for the team. And for me, I know there's going to be some people going to make decisions. I respect that, and I respect whatever decisions made, but I, I, I owe it. I believe I owe it to, to our team to say what I felt was the right thing for the All Blacks in a World Cup year. So there he is, Ian Foster, just playing that out for the people that have just uh, joined us from the one o'clock hour. Keen to get your thoughts. Any new listeners out there? 0800 150 811. We go to Joey, who's in Auckland. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Look, here's a scenario, mate. Um, Okay, say Ian Foster, what, what, as a CEO, you should be turning around and saying you can, you know, you're either going to pick a new coach or whatever. But if Ian Foster happens to win the World Cup, um, and if they pick another coach, 
and said, say, Scott Robertson's got the job after this year, and Ian Foster wins the World Cup, and he goes, well, I want to keep going. And they go, well, we can't. We've given it to, to, um, to Scott Robertson now. Yeah, but I've just won your World Cup. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that could happen. But what you do is, as I would say as a CEO, you would say, what we're, not going, to, what we're going to do to, to the New Zealand public, you turn around and you say, look, what we're going to do is we're not going to pick a coach until after the World Cup because of that scenario. Because if, if Ian Foster happens to win the World Cup, then he, he may want to carry on. That's what you say to the public. But what they're doing, and this is where Mark Robinson is very weak, I think, what they're doing is he's not saying nothing. He's leaving everyone in limbo and, limbo and guessing, oh, is it Scott Robertson? It probably is, you know, everyone keeps on. And so, so that, that's making him look like a dick. Um, and unfortunately, that's just how it is because people now are questioning him and his CEO um, ability because he hasn't come out or the board hasn't come out and said anything, whereas if they had come out and said anything, you know, you look at it, Beth, you know, would you, if you were, if you were looking for a CEO uh, for, for your business, just you and I had a business, would we pick someone like Mark Robinson at the moment? <laughs> probably not if he put a CV in. No, probably not because of the way he's dealing with stuff. And, and if you get on the front foot and deal with it in a, in a proper way, then and the public and everybody know, then there'll be no problems. If he turns around and said exactly what I said, look, we're not going to put a, a, you know, let a coach, another coach because Ian Foster could win the World Cup and he then may question us and saying, why are you now getting rid of me? I've just won your World Cup. Now, that's a scenario that, that may happen. It may not. I don't think it will happen, obviously. But if you come out and say that, then everyone's on board and they know, and they go, okay, fair enough. But at the moment, he's doing nothing. He's doing absolutely nothing. He's making himself look like an egg. You know? Yeah, I, I, I think if in April they said Scott Robertson's going to be the All Black coach after the World Cup and then Ian Foster goes and wins the World Cup, the, the contract's a contract and Ian Foster would, would just walk away. What's coming through plain and clear is Ian Foster does not want to stand out. He wants to go and, in his mind, he wants to go and win that World Cup and keep coaching the All Blacks. That's what he wants and he's allowed to want that. But he doesn't know where he stands. Yeah, dead right. And... and and you, you, you feel for a little bit for him because, you know, um, okay, and one of the guys said it to you before, Steph, you know, yes, he's probably not, not the right man to coach the All Blacks as in how things have been going. But as a guy, as a person, yeah, he should have the, the um, what's name for, to know where, where he stands. And at the moment, he doesn't. And he's in limbo. Have I got a job after the World Cup? Well, he probably knows he hasn't. So let's, let's be face it, you, you'd, be, you'd have your ears in a... a um, under the ground, six foot under, if, you, if you, you didn't know where you stood now. He knows he, that he ain't going to be the World Cup, will, will, uh, all that coach after the, the World Cup. It's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, it's really, when you think about it, mm. I mean, he knows that himself. And, and which is sad. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but he knows that. But he, he still doesn't know. That's why he's probably come out and said what he said this morning. Yeah, born of frustration, I think. And I think, again, aside of his coaching record or anything like that, I think he's entitled to be frustrated. Of course, he's a human being, mate. You know, he's a a human being that's got a job. And at limbo, at the moment, he doesn't know know where he stands with it. I mean, he should be probably going to Mark Robinson as a New Zealand All Black coach and having a conversation with him. Mm. That would be the best way to do it, if I can say. But anyway, mate, you have a good day and... Go to Morty, Turbos. Up, you Turbos. Good boy. Way to finish a call, Joey. Um, I have just heard back from New Zealand Rugby. I'll read it word for word so it's not taken out of context. Hey, Steph, sorry for the long wait for reply, but just confirming New Zealand Rugby won't be making any comment today. So we just keep speculating. I don't get it. Like, good people? These are good people. The guy that sent me that text message, great bloke. Like him a lot. He's probably tried to make it happen, and he's probably told no no, no comment. Um, don't mind Marshy's text here. Hey, Steph, Fozzie should just ring Razor and say, what's going on, bro? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Just, uh, and maybe he has. Maybe he has. 
would love, would love him to go Facebook Live while he does it. That'd be fantastic. Instagram Live, the yeah. two of them. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Do a, share a Twitter space or whatever it's called. Yeah. Is it Twitter space? Uh, spaces, yeah, on Twitter, yeah. Um, Staff, Foster calling for the All Blacks needs to come first is what's wrong with New Zealand rugby. All Blacks have come first for so long and New Zealand rugby is nearly dead as a result. Is there such little resilience with this group that a new coach signposted 12 months in advance can't happen? That'll do me, please, from Dez. From Tim, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a shambles, to say the least. From my point of view, it's an employment issue and is being played out in the media. The New Zealand Rugby Union, if they had any brains, would have announced the 2024 coach a week before Christmas, and this wouldn't be a story. Instead, they have procrastinated, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have to pay out someone. That's the other thing. Could get litigious. Um, Staff, crazy naming a new coach prior to a World Cup. What if the All Blacks win the World Cup, smashing everyone by 40 points? New Zealand Rugby have to back the guy they've put in there. Review coaching positions after the World Cup. Joseph, Razor and Co. will surely put an out clause in any other position they take on should they be appointed All Blacks coach. Cheers, Craig. Good point, Craig, um, because we're seeing other teams are all, you know, with the Eddie Jones and the Borthwick, um, Gregor Townsend, um, people making... I, I feel like what's on the coaching supermarket shelves after the World Cup won't be as plentiful as is there now because people will get snapped up. I've still got a sneaky feeling um, Razor Robertson's taking Fiji to the World Cup on a one-off basis. I feel quite strongly about that without any proof or I haven't had that passed on to me anyway, but I feel like that's quite a cool thing for him to do, just go in a seek-and-destroy type mission, a bit like um, Checker did with a Lebanese rugby league team. Um, I could see him doing that. Uh, Gregor Townsend is the best coach in international rugby at the moment. We should be after him. Scotland will play France in the World Cup final. We will come third. Regan, Scotland-France final? That would inject some interest in the global game, wouldn't it? Absolutely it would. Um, G'day, Staffinator. I heard Fozzie's interview this morning. I now think New Zealand rugby are entirely at fault. They've created the storm by not being clear and transparent and letting speculation take place of the truth. Good on Ian Foster for voicing his side of the debacle. And I'm, I'm about that too. He's allowed to pick up the phone or talk to her and, and give his side because we haven't heard anything from him. He's just copped it, copped it, copped it. And not got no issue with him speaking out. Got no issue with New Zealand rugby speaking out as well. Um... Or Scott Robertson, speaking out. Um, from Mikey G. Staffy, another point after hearing from your great listeners, Mark Robertson has had every opportunity to front foot the coaching role. Poor, poor leadership. If there was a public vote, he'd lose his job. We just want to hear from him. We do. Also funny as well, Staff, that um, it's probably easy for NZR and, and you know, some of these people that are dealing with the media requests, etc., to just think that this is a media campaign. But the text you're reading out and the calls we get very clearly demonstrate that this is the public. You yeah. know, and, I mean, we are part of the public. We're let's the be voice honest. of the public. Like, I, I try and reiterate the mood of the nation. So I'm not making stuff up here. No, we're I'm, not trying I'm, to I'm shock jocking. I'm, t- I'm taking calls. I'm not chucking stuff out there of rumour and innuendo. I just want people to have the voice. And this is this is this is what we're here for. Double eight double three is the text line, or oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Interesting thing. I went down to New Zealand Rugby this morning to try and sort out this interview. I'll, I'll share this with you. And I walked in and I asked for Mike Robinson's PA. I said, "Is she at work today?" You know what they said? Why? What sort of first things that to say? Why? I was like, "Is someone say why?" I want to talk to them. Why? That, and that's about the third time that someone's walked down there and had the exact same response where they just, they sort of snigger and look at you and go. Look at you, what yeah. You, yeah Whereas like I said to someone out in the office, if someone walked in here and said, hey, I need to catch up with so-and-so, like Rube Dog, the boss, I need to catch up with Ruben, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, what was his name? I'll just go and, you know, grab him for you or check with you or whatever. I wouldn't just go, why? What do you want? <laughs> what do you want him for? <laughs> what do you want to talk to him? It's like, gee, it literally is the Kremlin staff. Like, seriously, they're, one, just quite they're one stop short of having AK-47s on the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what was your guy's name yesterday? Mikhail? Mikhail Kalashnikov. Kalashnikov. Shout out to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Top that five phone, Michaels of all time. Is that phone call online or not? 
I see your phone's dropped off. I think it's dropped off. He's dropped off. He's yeah, got his great too many. Probably offended him. Uh, he'll probably ring back. We'll take a break. If you want to uh, have a crack at this, <sighs> so many good opinions. Uh, a few. I was going to say differing opinions. I think they're the same opinions coming from different angles. I think overarchingly, we just want a little bit of clarity on their process and their thinking, but we're not getting any. 0800 811, but the phone lines are always open, the text lines are always open to you, to Mark Robinson, to Ian Foster, Steve Hansen, anyone. Um, I don't take sides, I'm happy to listen to any side. We'll take a break. I had an interesting text here from Richard saying, Staffy, out of interest, what questions would you ask Fozzie that haven't been asked already and expect an answer to? Well, the way I do... My interviewing, Richard, is I have an idea of my first question and then depending on the answer, that's what my next question will be. I, I, I just follow a path that they, they take me to. My first question, I think, would be something like um, what process would you like that isn't happening and is all of this speculation, are you being forced to, to think about things that can take away from performances of you as a coach and the team? Because that... We want our team performing at their best. So all of the speculation out there, is that having an adverse effect for him to concentrate 100% on coaching the All Blacks? And from the interviews he's done today, I sensed quite a bit of A, frustration, and B, honesty. He is frustrated. And you don't want a frustrated All Black coach. And we didn't play it out, but he he said um, he just wants New Zealand to get behind and have a clear path to this World Cup, but there's just all of this clutter around and I agree, we've, we've been experiencing clutter. And I think leading into a World Cup, it's the most fragmented the New Zealand rugby public have been. And I don't want that. People don't want that. People just want some clarity. And when the reappointment was made, um, overwhelmingly there was frustration that Scott Robertson wasn't appointed. But then people said, look, Fozzie's been appointed. We get him behind him and we support the All Blacks. And when you're sitting in the stand and the All Blacks run out and they do the hucker and they do the anthems, we are 100% behind them, whoever's in that coaching box, right? Um, But we've been forced to speculate around stuff outside the 100 by 50 metre grass patch. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, Ken has just said, Staffy, give the All Blacks to Dave Rennie and Joe Schmidt. Might stop all the drama, Ken. I've got no issue with that. I think Dave Rennie is a wonderful coach. Just got stuck into the Wallabies when they had their worst ever injury record on on record uh, injury cases. Uh, Michael tells me that uh, the Wellington forecast isn't good for the cricket in the second test. Yes, I've heard that. I was actually um, um, it was a there's a fundraising golf tournament was going to be on tomorrow down in Wellington for the Life Flight Trust. And they've postponed it because the weather's going to be pretty nasty down there. So uh, batten the hatches, team. Oh, you'll also remember a few weeks ago, or maybe two, or maybe one, I asked uh, the listeners out there to text through who you'd like to have interviews with here because I do interviews that you want. I want them as well, but I really wanted just to hear from you, some, some people that we may have escaped. And far and away, the most popular one that came through on the text machine and phone calls was Ryan Fox. To, and I thought, well, he's local. You know, we might be able to get him in the studio for an hour. Well, I caught up with Ryan Fox last night in studio, actually, or in our building. Um, signed a painting for the golf tournament tomorrow for the fundraiser. And I told him, you're the most fo-. He said, mate, I'd love to. So Ryan Fox is going to come in studio for an hour when he gets back from this amazing run of golf that he's about to undertake. He leaves on Saturday. He's got the Arnold Palmer Invitational, I think followed by a practice round at Augusta. He's got the World Match Play. He's got another big one and the Masters. And then he's coming back in time for his second child to be born. So he said between the time when he gets back and when his second child is born, he'll come in here for a decent stint of an hour. So that is fantastic. So uh, the votes came in. You voted for Foxy, and he said he'd love to come in. So that's probably going to be in about five weeks' time, but it's something very much to look forward to. Such a good bloke, such a normal bloke, and um, we'll have a lot of things to cover off with him, but he's going to give us an hour in studio, which we love doing our spotlight hours here. 
Right, uh, we'll take a break for New Sport and Weather very shortly. After the news, we're going to catch up with Molly Spark. She's the very young, I think she's about 19 now, but gee, she's achieved a lot in the adventure racing. Um, we caught up with her for the first time about a year ago when she was about to compete in the God Zone adventure race for her Team Fair Youth. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, or it's probably even less than that, she completed her first ever coast-to-coast, and she's lining up for the God Zone again, which is just phenomenal. We'll also find out what's making news. Going to catch up with Dean Lonigan after two. Um, of course, we talked to Mia Motu, who's having a world title fight in April. I, Dean Lonigan's the promoter. So I wanted to get inside his head how he puts undercards together, venues catering, sponsors, broadcast deals as a promoter because that's that's a massive job. So Dino will take us behind the scenes of what a boxing promoter does in um, getting a good support card for a world title fight, which is going to be here in New Zealand for the IBO Super Bantamweight. Super Bantamweight decision. Um, decision. Super Bantamweight world title fight. Also have the chase later on, and we'll have a look back in the day um, as well. So still plenty to come, but new sport and weather, and after that, Molly Spark will be joining the show.